Are you struggling in your faith? Are you pretending you're happy, but stuck in a spiritual rut? Are you tired of listening to famous pastors and preachers who make it sound so easy? Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Protestant and Catholic voice in America. I talk about the important things that nobody else is talking about, like how to align with God's plan for your life, because I believe this is where 90% of Christians get stuck. And I tackle the negative self-talk that we all secretly struggle with, but won't admit. My guests are brave Protestants and Catholics who share their struggles, their fears, and their daily holy habits that help them win in their spiritual lives. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist and a spiritual coach to Christian business owners and CEOs who are married with children. This show was created for you, the broken Catholic, who's pushing to get your spouse, your kids, and yourself to heaven. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're just one surrender prayer away. Today, my featured guest is Pedro Adeo. He's known as the challenge guy. He's a seven-time ClickFunnels 2 Comma Club Award winner. He's a best-selling author, and he's the creator of the Crush It With Challenges program, founder of the 100X Academy, which is the number one movement for kingdom entrepreneurs like yourself. His 100X podcast hit number one on iTunes, top-rated podcast shows with over 100,000 downloads. Pedro is best known for helping entrepreneurs launch, grow, and scale their business with the power of free and paid challenges. Pedro has impacted tens of thousands of entrepreneurs by delivering his expertise in over 98 countries. You can find him at pedroadeo.com, pedroadeo.com. And Pedro, welcome to Broken Catholic. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? It was great, man. Joseph, happy to be here. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Listen, I was, that was a polished uh, a bio reading. It was the second time I read it out loud. So there you go. That was great. I was like, man, I can't wait to meet this guy. <laughs> awesome, man. All right. So Pedro, um, go ahead and start us out with, uh, just take a minute, share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Wow. Well, I actually am, I'm pretty transparent with, with kind of how I live and on my platforms and, and with the people that I serve, I think that's very much missing sometimes in leadership. We don't really get to see what really happens in the life of people that we're learning from, being mentored from or leading us. So um, I, <laughs> here's something I, I asked. I, I was asked a similar question by my good friend, John Lee Dumas, when I was on his podcast. Mm-hmm. And I shared something that uh, this, this, you guys might think this is funny, you might not. So um, my favorite movie, you'll never like, this is so, so I'm almost embarrassed. Go there. My favorite movie, this must, might be a little bit of a, a zinger. My favorite movie is Borat. Borat. Okay. My all, like my all time favorite movie is yep. Borat. Like ahead of the Titanic, ahead, think of every, think of every amazing movie that's ahead of the passion. <laughs> think of all the amazing movies that yeah, have been made. Epic. Epic movies, right? Epic movies. And yeah. my favorite all-time movie. Huh? Better than Braveheart? Dude, Borat. So that's how you, you know, again, 
So that that may I know that might be a little bit spicy to that might get my Christian card revoked by some of your listeners, but I I, I really am a Christian. <laughs> I just love that kind of humor. <laughs> Listen, some of my friends look at me and they're like, Joseph, you're a Christian with bad taste. <laughs> yeah, what's whatever. Well, know? I that so now we have that in common. There you <laughs> go. There you go. All right. So listen, I'm looking at some of the stuff that you're up to, Pedro, and you're doing something that is very uncommon. You're pioneering Judeo-Christian beliefs and principles out into the secular business world. First off. Why are you doing it? And second, how's it going? Yeah. Well, it's going amazing. Um, and it just, it just keeps unfolding. And, you know, I, and to me, it's just, I'm on an adventure with God, man. It's just that simple. Like, I try and live pretty simply, even though I've got mentors and um, a lot of education and training and marketing and entrepreneurship and business. I live my life pretty simply, man. I, I hear and I obey. You know, uh, my wife and I, she, she dreams a lot. The Lord speaks to her in dreams. We, and I hear God the way that he reveals things to me. And so a lot of how we're just, how we unfold our lives, our businesses is just simply obeying and following the promptings and leading of the Lord. And so it's so, it's a very, it's very easy to live that way. And it takes a lot of pressure off. So it's going amazing. Um, like there just seems to be more and more and more favor and doors opening and people appreciating what we do. How I got started was very simply was I failed as a kingdom entrepreneur. I, I didn't know how to do this. I, I, uh, what's unique about my story is I left my corporate job to become a full-time entrepreneur on my own right around the same time I got, I got born again. So Basically, I don't, I'm not sure I would have had the courage and faith to leave my six figure job had it not been for my new reignited faith in the Lord. Mm. And so, um, what happened is I just felt like I was drinking out of these two different, you know, I was reading business books and entrepreneurship books and marketing books. I was heavy into real estate investing. So, I'm learning all about this stuff in, you know, in these secular books. And then I'm, reading my Bible really for the first time going deep in the word. And I'm, and I'm just starting to see all these contradictions and all these different philosophies. And, and I'm like, wait a minute, right? All of these business. So I, I basically had heroes, Joseph. I had heroes on, in two places. Mm -hmm. I was, I, I, I had heroes in the spiritual community. I was, I was, I was starting to listen to podcasts and YouTube videos. And I was starting to be discipled by powerful Christian leaders and the, and the word of God. I'm also now going to all these secular events and all these books and courses and programs. And I'm starting to see that these things don't line up. And so I was left to kind of just pick and choose. And I'm like, well, I guess I should just take some of this and take some of that and take from here and take from there and create my own little secret recipe. And it was a disaster. And mm -hmm. so, you know, like God likes to do, God is a God. He's redemptive in nature. Romans 8, 28 is my absolute favorite Bible verse. All things work for the good. Those who love God and call according to his purpose. And so the thing I felt, the thing I failed the most at, which was trying to figure out how to be a successful entrepreneur, um, 
rooted in kingdom principles and biblical values is now the thing the Lord's using me to teach and train to the world. And so, and it was very much on accident, Joe. I, I didn't start, I didn't try to launch 100X on purpose. It was very much an accidental business that now has become a movement. Mm. Something you said, and I'm just gonna put in my own language here is the business books you were reading and the Bible you were reading were contradicting each other. And, and that's a little polarizing for me to hear personally, and I'm guessing for my listener as well, because the Bible is the source or the origin of so many uh, good leadership principles and business principles. So where, where did you really find those big contradictions? I think that's oh. a better way just to kind of target. Yeah. No, where were you being okay. rubbed the wrong way where you're like, ah, which way did I go left or right? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's okay. So there is a lot, a lot of, a lot of success principles, um, you know, from the early days of the success movement. Like there was a gentleman named Jim Rohn, R O H N Jim, Jim Rohn. I believe to be was like the father of the success movement. Guys yep, like Tony for Robbins sure. worked for Jim. Self improvement. Yep. So the so he I I don't I never met Jim Rohn, but if you hear Jim Rohn talk his workshops on YouTube. He would preach out the Bible. He would tell Bible stories better than 99% preachers today. Okay. And he would tell, he could, he could tell a Bible story in a mixed crowd and not offend anyone, not have anyone feel, uh, feel judged or he had an amazing way of showcasing biblical wisdom in a setting that was, that made everyone feel loved and inclusive. I believe, so I, I don't know, don't, didn't meet to Jim Rohn, never met him, but I believe Jim was a man of God. And he gave credit to where this stuff came from. A lot of secular teachers and leaders in, in business and entrepreneurship and motivation, they take biblical concepts. They don't ever honor God. That's right. They don't tell you where it came from. They change it slightly, make it seem like they made it up, and then it gets perverted into something that is now a little bit different than its origin. And right. so, um, you know, Joseph, the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of God are completely inverted. They're flip-flopped, they're complete opposites. And so you have to look at what is, the, what is the foundation of what you're reading, what you're learning. And at the foundation of many things I read um, and I saw being put out in, um, in the area of business entrepreneurship marketing, the root of it, the roots are not based in kingdom values, not based in kingdom truths. And so for me, I had to rip out those roots. I had to unlearn all these things and actually go to the redemptive, what is the redemptive kingdom principle or kingdom values here and then build off that foundation. So it's not like, the, it's not like it's, if you're reading a secular book, it's all bad. It's probably not all bad. It's just, do you have the discerning eye, the discerning ear and the, and the ability to discern what is actually redemptive? What is actually kingdom wisdom and truth? And which is, and then what part of this is maybe a little bit, you know, more of a secular, you know, kind of worldly empire building, you know, um, type of framework or model. And it's, it's very, it's, it's very nuanced and you have to really understand how the kingdom operates to see those, to see those nuances. And I, I, I think a lot of, I know, I, I believe a lot of Christians are saying things and doing things uh, because they're just following and modeling other secular leaders. That's right. I'm unaware that they're actually using tactics and methods that are not biblical. Mm. 
I'm really following what you're saying there. And uh, I know in my own personal life, I have done that uh, many times when I was, you know, chasing, chasing money, uh, success and pleasure um, yeah. and, and getting them. And uh, I threw away a lot of biblical principles or perverted them, as you said. I took the parts I liked. Um, and then I threw out the, the uncomfortable parts, the self-denial parts, the suffering parts, right? Because those aren't attractive words, right? We want the pleasure. Um, so is there any that jumps out that you really had to wrestle with uh, to let go of uh, in your business life? Any biblical principles that were really rubbing hard? Could you give us a, an example of what you're talking about? Yeah, I mean... I mean, there's, there's so much. I mean, first, first of all, that, that in the world, in the world system, money is our God. Money and power is the God of the world system. And in the world, it's okay to abuse people for money. That's totally fine. That, um, and, and yet in the kingdom, people are the most important thing in the kingdom. There's nothing more God loves in his people as creation. And money is a tool to actually serve people. And so a lot of secular teachings is chase money, go build empires, go build personal empires, right? It ties in with humanism, you know, become a God unto yourself, right? Self-reflection, self-actualization. Like the whole thing is based, the whole thing is, has a different foundation. It leads unto worship of self. The kingdom is all about worship of our king. And so um, there's so many examples, even how you, how you sell, how you communicate. I mean, so many industries, Joseph, are built on half-truths where you, you're working with someone and they're telling, you know, I come out of the financial services business, which is one of those industries, like many, where it's, oh, it's, it's totally fine and legal to tell people only half of the story, <laughs> right? And tell them only the facts that help you win the sale. And, you know, all the details of investments are buried in prospectuses 280 pages thick and they can bury all the details in this in, uh, and all of this complexity that the average consumer will never read and never understand. And so transparency um, is huge. And it's almost every industry has skeletons in the closet. And so to me, it's like, that's not, that's not the golden rule. Uh, that's not treating someone how you'd want to be treated. That's not honoring that person by making sure they're fully aware of all the facts to make that decision. I mean, have, have, have you ever been in a transaction and, and you, and then you regretted it later because you were misinformed or you weren't told all the facts happens all the time. And then many industries are built on this. Many industries are, have been completely built on how they sell, how they message is deceptive. It's misleading. And, and it's not because they're outright lying to you. They're just not telling you the full truth. And so I, I can go on. Every industry has this. Government has this. Education system has this. Um, you know, it, it, every industry or niche in business has this. The food industry. Do you think we really know what's in our food? And I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not one of those guys that's looking for the. But I mean, guys, there's things in our food that shouldn't be there. There's things in the water. There's, the, I mean, profit maximization. You know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a free market guy. But if, but profit maximization at all costs mm. is not kingdom at the cost of people it can't it yeah. can't the it, it and at the cost of people at the cost of truth at the cost of righteousness and so 
And again, this is not popular because most, most Christians I know have been taught and trained by industries. And I've called people out on this stuff. They're like, well, Pedro, that's just how the industry works. That's how my industry works. And I'm like, well, I don't care how your industry works. You choose to be in that industry. You choose to do those things. So just, I mean, dude, that's between you and God. I don't admit, but you are not called to serve your industry and honor your industry. You are called to serve and honor your God above all. Now find a way to honor God in that industry, reform it, change it, find a way to honor God or leave. But don't tell me that that's how it works. And then, and all of a sudden, you know, you, you, you thank God he's blessing your business. He's not blessing your business. You're a liar. You're a manipulator. You are hustling and making money the world's way. And then you come on Sunday and you put a few things in the bucket to make yourself feel good about what you're doing during the week. That is not kingdom entrepreneurship. Pedro, let me say this flat. Three words. I like you. I like you. I like, I like the messaging you're saying. And it is so true that it's not popular out there in the business world. Yet, here's the contradiction I almost feel, is that you are, are God is raising you in the business world. As you're saying unpopular things in the business world with very popular leaders who are preaching half-truths. So some of the things you're saying can really prick their conscience, can really torment their egos. Why do you think it's working? Well, and why all, are you not being ostracized? Yeah. Well, first of all, I well, first of all, I didn't, this was not my idea. This was God's idea. I wasn't trying to launch 100X. I, um, so God put me here. So no man can take me out of here. Hmm. First of all, I never started this business to win the approval of secular leaders or anyone for that matter. I was honoring God. Um, but fruit speaks. If you're listening at home, write that down. The fruit speaks. Results speak. Jesus said, hey, if you don't believe me, if you don't believe who, who I say I am, then at least look at the miracles. Do you believe the miracles? Look at the fruit. And so now more and more people, like as, we, as we're recording this right now, right? Today is what, July 29th? Like I'm on day three of a five-day challenge with Damon John from the Shark Tank. Joseph? FUBU. FUBU. Like their team, and by the way, I didn't hit them up. Hey, can I please work with you? Their team hit me up. So the reason why people who may not even be into kingdom entrepreneurship may not even have overtly Christian brands are now hitting me up is because they see the fruit. They're like, I don't know much about this guy. I never heard of Pedro Adeo. Where did this guy even come from? It's like out of nowhere, all of a sudden, it's, like it's kind of like a Joseph kind of moment where no one in the industry knew who I was. And in a matter of like two months, it's like I'm everywhere. And it wasn't, it wasn't really me trying to be everywhere. It was just the Lord promoting me. And so these people see the fruit. What do you think and, was the single thing you did right where God is uh, now blessing you with his favor and raising you up? I don't think it's a single thing. I think the Lord, I think God is, I think we're always being tested by God. But let me qualify that. Yeah, tell me more. I believe God is a good father. Hmm. He is a good father. 
who tests his son and daughters, not to punish them, but to promote them, to be found worthy. Even his own son was tested. Jesus, God does not trust when he does not test. His own son had to be tested. And so I feel like I'm, I'm always being tested every single day, multiple times that day. God is testing me to see where I'm at with this, where am I at with, with this matter and this matter. And as long as you keep passing those tests, your life keeps advancing. You grow in favor. And the minute you don't pass a test, it doesn't mean you go back to zero. It doesn't mean you get thrown out of the kingdom. It doesn't mean God's mad at you. It just means, oh, you didn't pass that test. No problem. We're going to level off right here for a little bit. And I'm going to give you another chance to retake that test. Now, that might be later today. It might be next week. It might be in six months. But I just feel like my wife and I and our team, we just keep passing the tests. And so the Lord's like, great, I can trust the Lord. I mean, guys, this is, <laughs> I tell you all the time, God wants you to prosper and succeed. And, and he wants us to win more than he wants to win. And if you're like, well, that doesn't make sense. Well, think about your kids. Don't you have kids? I have kids. I want my kids to win more than they want to win. Right now, I got teenagers, right? They're just chilling, playing video games. You know, I'm like, man, I really wish these kids would like engage a little bit more. You know, like I have more desires for them right now than they even have for themselves. That's always going to be the case. As a good father, God wants us to win, prosper, succeed, have influence, have impact, live our best life. He wants it even more than we want it. But, he, but he's not going to crush you with his blessing. If I, was, if I received this level of favor even three, four years ago, I would not have handled it. It could have crushed me. So God is looking for people he can trust with the nations, with, with the Damon Johns of this world, with the other mega impact leaders of this world. He's looking for his sons and daughters that he can trust so that when they're around other kings, they have a knife to their throat and they're not looking to grab, grab, grab and take, take, take. They can show up and honor God and serve and, and represent the kingdom to these people. And there's just not a lot of people that I think have put themselves in a position to be found trustworthy with some of the mega, mega influencers. And that's why there is a lot of vacancies at the top of these, at the top of these systems. There's not a lot of kingdom minded people there because few people have prepared or trained and pass the test to be there to influence the influencers. And, and if we're going to see true reformation, if we're going to see really this whole thing flip, we have to influence the, we have to be at, at the table in those conversations and not just talking about it with words, modeling, what does the kingdom look like? And um, that's what that's, I think that's what we're beginning to do. And we're just getting started. Like we're just getting started. And um, like working with Damon, I mean, he's an amazing guy. He has a huge heart. A lot of these, a lot of these people that you see that have ma massive success, they may not have overtly Christian brands. They may not talk about their faith all the time, but most of these people grew up in a faith-filled home. They have spiritual roots. And and they're they're probably way more open to reconnecting to God if they could just see someone uh, model kingdom living and model a, 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 a cool, a way to really, a really interesting way to live with God that appealed to them. And so I think that's what's starting to happen. I'm starting to get hit up from people who are like, hey, 
tell me about God. Tell me about how do you do, like, you seem to be, you know, I've been told like I'm the coolest Christian that people know. And not cool because I don't sin to be cool. Like, I'm not like, I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I'm not, I don't party. I don't, I don't do stuff to fit in. But I'm, they're, they're like, Pedro, you're so cool. Like, you're so non-judgmental. And, and, and I'm, I mean, I'm like, I'm like, wow, I'm being complimented for being a non-judgmental Christian. What is that saying about the rest of us guys? Amen. My goodness. I mean, the fact that someone goes, oh, you're not like all the other Christians I know. That's right. You're non-judgmental. Like, I want to cry when they tell me that. I think this is what uh, non-Christians are repelled by when they look at Christianity. They see all these individuals that claim they're Christians and they judge them harder than everyone else. And it's like, it's, it's in conflict. It's not aligned with God's teachings. I want to go here for a second. You, you have a quote, um, love is the ultimate business strategy. Whoever loves the most wins. Tell us more about that. 100%. I mean, it's just, God is love, right? God is love. If you love in business, it's very practical in business. If it's competitive, if, if me and you are in the same business and we're, and we're competing for the same customers, it's very simple. If I love them more, I will do more for them. I will serve them more. I will go farther. I will give more. I will deliver more. They'll all answer my phone at 1030 at night. I will just be willing to do more because I love more. Just look at moms. Look at what, look at, look at the love of a mother and what she will do for her kids. When you love, you do unreasonable things. And so if as an entrepreneur, the reason why we're winning with our niches, I'm love. I love my people. I love my who I love my target market more than I, than anyone else has before me. And that's why there's never been a company like ours because I have been able to just open my heart and my wife's heart and our team to love faith-based entrepreneurs who want to prosper, who want to figure this out. And so what do we do? We, we crazy over deliver at every level of what we're doing. We, we give more value, more time, um, more training, more events. It's just more. We just show up and, and, and over deliver because we love, because we actually care. Right. I mean, the greatest two commandments Jesus said was love, love God, love your neighbor. So we know love is the most powerful thing, powerful force on the earth. So love is practical. That's why doing what you love is really is smart, because if you actually love what you do and the people that you do it for, it will make you more intelligent. You know, actually, you will you will be let you will be compelled to do things by love that you have never been smart enough to do by strategy so so much of what i've done with the companies it, it's brilliant but it didn't start out of brilliance and it, it was not an idea birthed in my mind i was compelled to serve more through love and compassion and then looking back i was like wow that was really smart and so what i did what i did out of love I can now look back and do strategically on purpose going forward. And I can consult other companies to do those things now. And that's what's making the difference. That's, that's, that's what's had the big shift happen for us. Uh, I mean, Joseph, we've done things in two years that just don't make sense. I mean, we're talking about like massive, massive growth, influence, and impact in a very short time. It's because the kingdom works. 
Guys, kingdom principles, the principles you read about in your Bible, they work everywhere, every industry, every country, every niche. Like, and so I just fully believe that these principles and, and of the kingdom are the most effective way to do, to live life and to build business. And so it's, it's, um, man, it's just, um, if you love your customer, you'll tell them the truth, the whole truth. If you love your customer, you'll answer their questions completely and, and honestly. If you love your customer, you'll want to learn more about them because you want to actually really understand what's, what are they struggling with? Everything, everything that you should aspire to do and be as an entrepreneur is going to get better the more it's rooted in love. And um, I've, I've just, this is, and again, it's biblical. The two greatest commandments, love God, love your neighbor, love. So, I mean, why would we want to do, how would you, why would you want to build your business on something that is not even bolted on the two most important things Jesus told us to do? Yet so many of us do. We pursue greed over love, don't we? I use my business as a way to love people at scale. I get that. There's so many things that you just dropped, so much wisdom God's given you that I, I could unpack and deep dive in, um, yet, you know, our time is limited on the show, right? So I do want to go to one thing that I want to highlight one thing because mm -hmm. I think it's a big challenge for uh, my listener. I think it's a big challenge for me personally, and that is you said God's always testing us. God's always testing you. He's always testing your wife because God tests those that he love. He loves so that he can promote those that he loves. How create a distinction between God testing us to promote us versus performance based faith in God. Meaning I have to perform well and pass all the tests in order for God to love me. And when I don't, he doesn't. Are you clear on my question? Of course. Please. And do. that's the, and, and you, that's, you kind of answered it in the question. There's being, so first of all, who do you believe God to be is going to shape your entire experience as a Christian. If you believe God is angry, he is quick angered and he's looking to punish you and he's just waiting for you to mess up. To, to slap you on the knuckles with the ruler, right? If, if he is just waiting for you to mess up so he can condemn you and convict you and make you feel shameful and dirty, then you don't, I'm not sure what God you're serving or honoring. That's not our God. That is not the God of the Bible. That is not the God of the Bible. Okay? That is not the God of the Bible. If you believe in that God, then why was Jesus crucified on a cross? It would have been senseless to crucify his son and make his son die if he's still judging you. So the fact is this, God is good. He is for you, he is good. He is not looking to punish you. He's not looking to discipline you. Now, but Pedro, I've had things, I have felt like I have received at times discipline from the Lord. Yes, he does that out of love just like a father might discipline. But he's not looking, discipline is not his primary motive. Love and intimacy 
He says, abide with me. His primary motive is love, intimacy, and connection. And, and sure, out of love, sometimes he might correct. Holy Spirit might bring conviction out of love to help you even go next level. And so it's very simple. If God is good, and in his goodness, he wants to see your life grow and expand, he's not going to expand your life beyond the point you can handle it. And don't, don't, don't we see what happens when people win the lotteries or have these windfalls of money and fame? They end up on drugs, alcohol. I mean, they end up ruining their lives. And so God is not going to just shower you with an abundance of blessings when you do not have the internal strength or infrastructure to support the weight of the blessing. The glory has weight. There is weightiness to the glory. There is weightiness of the blessing. So he's going to, he's going to take you through a journey of development. No physical, no personal trainer would take you on your first day in the gym and put 300 pounds on a squat rack and say, squat this right now. You'd break your back. So in love, because he's good, he takes us through a journey of development, looking to grow and bless us and promote us so into different places of influence and favor. So the test, testing is not negative. Being tested is not negative. I said test, not tempt. The Lord does never tempt us. Only the devil tempts. But testing is, is, is there to see, because he cannot wait to promote us. He is, he cannot wait to give us the next thing he wants to give us in life. He cannot wait to do that, but he's like, well, I got, I want to bless them, not hurt them. So let me make sure they're ready for this. And it's like, oh, great. Okay. So it's very simple guys, but many of us have a, a picture of God that doesn't allow us to see this because we're, we are most people suffer with self-loathing. We self-loathe, we have self-hatred, we're so darn critical of ourselves, and, and all of a sudden that's how, and maybe we've got a lot of us have father wounds. I have, I had to get healing from a lot of father wounds. My dad, who's an amazing guy, we're Portuguese. You know, my parents came to this country from Portugal. My dad's an old school guy, hardworking guy, you know, didn't really have the tools to tell me how much he loved me and appreciated me. So I grew up, you know, really feeling undervalidated and really, you know, kind of in a, he was very critical to point out my, because he wanted the best for me. So he would, he, instead of praising me first and then giving me some feedback, he would just always critique, 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 criticize, criticize, criticize. So I grew up in this context where I didn't get the validation from my dad. I never really told me he loved me or was proud of me. And it was always what I could have done better. So I grow up with this like, just insane desire to like win approval from people and men, right? And that, so you become a people pleaser, you become a striver. And then we try to, then we project our natural father onto father of God. And like, that's what people do. It makes no sense. Why would you, that's why people say, oh, you know, Christians are hypocrites, you know? And I'm like, well, dude, Christians don't have the, the, the monopoly on hypocrisy. There's pretty much hypocrites everywhere I look in every religion and every, and every, every, yeah. you, in every country and every religion, everywhere I look, there's hypocrites. So we don't have the patent. We don't have the monopoly on hypocrisy, but why would you, why would you judge God? Why would you judge God and his character, his nature by the nature of man? And why would you judge a perfect God 
by what's happened to you from imperfect men. And so I think that this is just a big, big, big issue that we actually deal with. One of the things I work on people the most in my training programs in business is helping them get their hearts healed. You see, heart wounds create blind spots. And all, every failure I made, every huge mistake I made, Joseph, came because I had an unresolved heart wound, which led to me having blind spots I didn't see. Every mistake in business that I made, I was too eager. I was too eager. Why was I too eager? Why, why did I take so much risk in the early days investing? Because I wanted to create wealth fast so I can show my dad I was successful. Look at all this real estate I own, dad. Aren't you proud of me now? And it was me trying to win my dad's approval that had me crash and burn in business seven years ago, $3 million in debt. I was three, I spent three years depressed, suicidal for about a year at that time. Had to go through a massive relaunching of my life. That's when I walked away from secular wisdom. I spent four years in the gospels, four years, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, three, four, five hours a day. I rebuilt my life on the rock, not the sand of this world. And then here we are now, seven years later, and... On Father's Day, I, my dad's in Europe, Portugal, on vacation. I call my dad. And I'm like, hey, dude, what's up, man? Happy Father's Day. He's like, you know what? You gave me the best Father's Day gift. I'm like, what's that? He's like, you're doing amazing. I'm so happy. I'm so proud of you that I don't have to worry about you. Like, you've, you're doing amazing. Like, he's wearing a 100X hat. And guys, my dad, my, my dad is not really super into God at the moment. And here my dad's wearing a Hunter X hat, kingdom entrepreneurship, couldn't be happier, couldn't be prouder. And you know what was cool about it? When he said it to me, I was actually happier for him than I was for me. I was happy because my dad worries about, he's just a worrier, not a warrior. He's a worrier. And he was just worried. And, 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 and it really was traumatic when I really had that huge failure in business. It was scary for a while. Like, I didn't want to be here, man. I was praying to God to not let me wake up. And so my family knew it was, I was in a dangerous place. And to, and to see how the Lord brought us out of that. And now, you know, we're where we are today. And um, I was happy that my dad didn't have to worry anymore. And it's so crazy that now that I got the thing I always wanted, it was, it was nice. But I already, got a, I already know I'm loved. By the Father. I already know I'm accepted by the Father, God the Father. So when when I got the thing I I was chasing so so desperately, it was nice, but it didn't. I wasn't like, oh my God. Oh my God! I finally got my dad's approval. He finally. I didn't shoot the fireworks. I didn't have a parade. It was nice. It was cool, but it it didn't mean more than it than it should have meant because I already got my heart healed. I already got that validation from the only place it can come. And, and this, is what, this is what people, this is what the world needs most, Joseph. We have a planet full of orphans who don't know their father. That's it. Jesus, said, Jesus said, I have come to show, show you, you the, the father, father. Yes. to show you the father. If you see me, you see him. We have a planet full of orphans. Most Christians are living in orphan identity. 
And I believe we owe the world an opportunity and encounter to meet the father, which means we have to model and demonstrate healthy, powerful, healthy lives where we are confident and rooted in our identity as sons, as daughters who are loved and accepted. And that's the confidence and that's the peace that people see. And they're like, how do you live like this? How come this? And that's what, and to me, that's, that's what I'm looking to raise up people that can represent the kingdom and the father well, that attracts the world to want to know, how do we do this? I love that you use that word again, because that word caught my ear earlier in the interview when you said, you didn't say represent the kingdom, represent God. You said represent, represent. And the world is starving for a representation of what of of a, a loving father yep. in heaven a represent a, a representation from this old bastardized view that a lot of us were raised with of god the father is a tyrant who wants to judge us and shame us and condemn us and and man i grew up with that you grew up with that all these christian leaders these non-christian leaders in the business world they're all stuck in it father wounds. That's what it is. So I'm, dude, I'm with you, Pedro. Let me ask you this. There's listeners right now that say, Pedro, I'm in man. Like, okay, I'm ready for God's testing. You you've helped me to see that the testing is good. It explains so much now over the past year or two that I've just been struggling and being tested. Uh, it's not because I'm bad or useless. It's because God wants better for me. He wants to raise me up. So I'm going to ask you, Pedro, to that listener right now, what are three practical, tactical uh, steps they can take um, to start leaning into that, that childlike trust that you now have in your heavenly father, where it seems you've removed your ego out of the whole equation. You started the interview with Joseph, faith is very simple. It's God tells me what to do and I obey. Like it's that simple. Yet most of us, we don't know how to do that. What are your three steps right now that we could do? Yeah, this is always an interesting one. So, and again, reframe the question again. It's for people that... So people that want to follow where you're at, because let's be real. Right now, you've surrendered your ego, yourself, and now you've been raised up as a new creation and you're experiencing God's favor in your life. Well, how many kingdom-focused entrepreneurs don't know how to get to that place that you're in? Yeah. You said you tried it on your own strength. You couldn't figure it out. So what are your three steps for us right now that are still stuck in that? All right. So I'm not, I'm not sure it's just three, but here's a really good start. Sure. The first thing, and this is part of my framework that we teach in 100X. The first thing is, I would say, really, in, really, really invest in getting your heart healed. The healed heart, the heart is the soil that is talked about in the parable of the sower. And most of us are making awful decisions, living compromised lives, and are, are probably never going to see the fullness of what's possible 
because we have rocks and weeds and wounds and traumas. It's almost impossible to get out of childhood unscathed, right? Like we've all got stuff. And so the first step I would say is to, to, have, a, to, 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 to have a powerful life in the kingdom. You want to get your heart healed. You want to get, so I am a believer in um, something called inner healing. Uh, these, these, these are prayer ministries. It's called Heart Sync, Emmanuel, Sozo. These are all biblical based. It's not counseling. It's not going to therapists and shrinks and psychotherapists. Um, even though there might be a place for that, I just have not heard a lot of great things about, you know, I don't think it's, some things don't need six years to figure out, right? Especially when you got God, right? So, but this is a very, this is a process where, where you're led into a prayer and where you basically ask Holy Spirit to reveal lies. All wounds, our traumas are rooted in a lie. Something happens in our life and we attach a meaning to it. And the enemy is that he's called the father of lies. Mm -hmm. He lies to us about who we are. He lies to us about things. And when you believe that lie, a weed goes in and all of a sudden that weed grows into a huge plant. So inner healing is nothing more than replacing lies with truth about what does, what does God have to say about this, right? I grew up with the lie that I wasn't good enough. I'm not good enough. Clearly, if I was good enough, my dad would have said this, this, and this. And because he never did, I'm not good enough. There's a lot of people whose dads, one of my, you know, one of my spiritual sons, his, he was abandoned by his dad, just abandoned him. So guess what? Like he, his, his, his fear is abandonment and rejection. And so even though he's gotten some healing on it, that, that thing still wants to come up. So number one, Get your heart healed. And you can do it with, you can even do it in your private prayer time. Like, Lord, I love how David prays. He said, search my heart, oh God. Search my heart, oh God, and show me things that are not of you. And so one is pursue getting your heart healed. Uh, pain, past pain, traumas, rejection, abuse, assaults. You, maybe you were lied to, cheated on. You got screwed in business. You, you know, maybe you're, your mom and your dad. I've had people who had teachers call them stupid. You're stupid. You're never going to amount to anything, Johnny. And now this poor guy like doesn't even know, but that, that memory, which he doesn't even remember, is literally a cloud on his entire life. So I think getting your heart healed, get, get that soil of your heart tender and fertile so you can actually receive the kingdom, right? Um. I would say step two is invest in your understanding of the kingdom. Jesus's primary message was not salvation. He did not come just preaching salvation. He did not come preaching healing. He healed. He talked about these things. He talked about being born again once. But his core message was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. I must go from this village to that village to teach them of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. The kingdom of God is like a pearl. The kingdom of God is like a fisherman. It's like this. So I would say go all in on learning and discovering what is the kingdom of God? How does this work? 
because you are not just a son and daughter of God. You are also a citizen in the kingdom of God. And guess what? The kingdom of God is not a democracy. And if you live in America and we have democracy and we vote and we have private ownership, the kingdom has none of those things. King Jesus is a king. You, you didn't vote him in. You can't vote him out. It's not a democracy. Your opinions don't matter. People go, well, Pedro, what's your opinion on, on gay marriage? What's your opinion on this? I'm like, I don't have any opinions. Here's what the Bible says on all these matters. Like, this is the constitution of the kingdom I'm a part of. My opinions are irrelevant. I don't want to have my own kingdom. So I, I can tell you what the constitution says about these matters. But I don't have it. I gave up my right to have an opinion the minute I said yes to have Jesus be my Savior and my Lord. When you say he's your Lord, Lord means owner. So one, get your heart healed. Two, go all in on learning the kingdom. And really, there is no three, because if you do one and two, three will just emerge. But probably three, I would say, is, is remember that faith is an action word. Just love people well. Serve. I would just say then three is serve. Serve. Who is the greatest in the kingdom? The servant. Anybody can serve. Well, Pedro, I would, if, if God just told me what to do, I would do it, Pedro. If I just knew, if God spoke to me, if he would send me a burning bush, if he would give me a sign in the sky, I would do it. Dude, you can serve. Open your eyes. There's problems everywhere right now. Just find something, someone to serve. Solve problems. You find favor by solving problems. Just begin looking for problems around you. Start adding value. Start serving. Start, start, making, start contributing to where you are. And it won't be too long before you're in a whole, whole different place. Pedro, we went over time on this interview because uh, so much truth has been passed through you. Um, to our listener today. I'm sitting here just taking notes for myself, realizing how weak my own faith is at this current season in my life. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for um, saying yes to God. Uh, because when you said yes to God and made that choice, and it's a daily choice, I get that. Um, his fruit, you know, is born through you. So thank you for that. Uh, we're speaking with Pedro Adeo. You can find him at pedroadeo.com. Um, Pedro, before we go, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. This is where I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? I already confessed my favorite movie is Borat. I mean, I know, I know. Dude, I, I, I think no. that should count, but no, let's do it. Let's do it. It does count. What's your favorite thing about God? My favorite thing about God? Yeah. Oh, man. He loves me for no matter, all the time, no matter what. Awesome. What's your least favorite thing about God? Mm, wow. Dude, I don't want to just make up an answer. I, I, I don't have one. Anything around maybe the way he does things versus the way you would do things? Anything there or no? Well, I mean, sure. If I thought I somehow knew more than God, anybody who answers that question doesn't get it. 
like he's God for a reason. Like I just, he's God, I'm not. And we're on an adventure with him. So, and, um, and so it's like, man, I just trust the process and I love how he does everything. I may not love it in the moment. There you go. I may not love it in the moment. I think if I had to pick a least favorite thing about God is God is very secure in himself. <laughs> and he, he, he will give you a lot of rope. He will give you a lot of rope. He, he, he's very confident. He, he, he'll let you run way, 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 way farther than I would want to let. If, if I saw my son off track, man, I want to yank him by the, the neck and yank the leash right away. God seems to have a lot of confidence in himself and his goodness and in how this whole thing works out. He'll give us a long leash and you're like, man, how the hell did I end up over here? So I guess, you know, I talked myself into one, but even that shows you how secure he is and his goodness and his yeah. ability to redeem. That's right. Awesome. What are you most afraid of? Uh, regret. Got it. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. What are you struggling with right now in your business professionally or personally? I think the biggest struggle for us right now is I've, I've, I'm a, I think I'm a very good entrepreneur. And now for the, the company and the movement and what God I think wants to do with me, I have to become more of a really, really more of a, a, a even more of a leader and more of like a CEO and, mm. and really thinking more about processes and systems and, and really building out levels of leadership. And I've never done that before. You know, mm. I've always, I've, I've been able to build on pure entrepreneurship and fire. Yeah. And, and now it's about really building out team. And it's a little scary because now I have to just trust more people in more yep. places. There's more letting go that yeah. needs to happen. Which is, which is cool. I'm ready. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm ready for it. We'll see. <laughs> what, what did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? In my 20s? Yeah. Oh, I don't, man. I'm 45. I'm not even sure I remember much of my 20s. My wife just woke up. Babe, what did I, what did I spend <laughs> too much time doing in my 20s? Dude, I don't. I don't know, man. I don't, I was, I have I, never had a guest, uh, <laughs> call, to their call to their wife during an interview and say, honey, right what here. do you think my answer is? <laughs> That's great. I, I, yeah. I mean, in my twenties, man, I was playing music. I was in a band. There you go. Um, I was working a corporate job. I mean, I was, pop, we had some kids. I don't know. I think I was, I think my twenties were great. Awesome. Right, what babe? secret? <laughs> Yeah. What secret fear do you have about people? I don't fear people anymore. Got it. Because I think I just, I think I've seen, I think I've, when you fear God, you don't fear man. Yeah. And now that I think I've been, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm not, I think I'm becoming a lot less naive about what people are capable of. Yes. I've gone through some very, I've had people really do some hurtful things to me that in a million years, I never would have thought would have been possible. 
And so now I can appreciate people, love people, and yet not have people on pedestals and not have a lot of expectations. Yeah. And so uh, I don't think I fear people. Got it. What uh, do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Oh, I wish I would have learned sooner that he really loves me, that I don't have to perform, that I don't have to somehow get straight A's for him to love me. And, you know, um, that he, I, I wish I would have known he was always in a good mood and, <laughs> you know, and that he was always for me, never against me. Very awesome. What's um, a new habit that you want to create? Well, I've been creating a new habit, which is when COVID hit, the gym shut down and I went into crazy work mode and got out of the habit of going to the gym. Mm -hmm. So for about the last month now, I had a, I've hired a personal trainer six days a week, comes to my house. We train right outside of my deck and it's been amazing. You should ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tell her I'm asking what's a new habit that your wife wants to create being she's in the Boom. <laughs> Oh, dang. Oh, she wants you wow. to create. She wants you to pick up after yourself. Look at that. Wow. Look, dude, this is, see, you wanted the vulnerability. This is the. I didn't know we could call on the wife, dude. That's, that's, that's wife, so much better. This okay, may be so a new gonna, strategy. Dude, I do pick up after myself. I'm getting better about that. <laughs> All right. What's a bad habit you want to break? Apparently, I don't pick up after myself. There you go. Clear. So, pick three words to describe who you are now. <laughs> Oh man, I think um, fun, compassionate, and committed. Pick three words to describe who you were before uh, you completely surrendered your will to God's. I was broken, naive, and weak. That's why I call the show Broken Catholic. That's where a lot of us are. And last question, Pedro, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family, your friends, your wife, your kids in the eye, and give them only one piece of advice about everything, what would you say to them? Dude, where do you get these questions? These are crazy. <laughs> Oh my God. I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, if you did know, what would you say to them? I don't know. Let me think about this. Maybe someone at my door knows. Um, so if, God I, if I you. came back, God sent me back. I, I, so I died. Yeah. I went to heaven. He sends me back. That's right. right. Here, you know what I would tell them? I tell them, I tell them, I, I would tell, I'm, of course I have no idea, but what I think I would tell them is what I tell people now. He's better than we know. Mm. God is better I say than that we now. know. God is even better than we know. He's even better than we think. He's better than we imagine. He, he's more glorious than we can imagine. Like, I, I just, that's what I would say. Awesome. And I would, I, would, I would have it, and I would have the actual, I would have been there. Now I just believe, now I say that in faith. Not right. really in faith. It's actually, it's in faith, but it's, I know. Sure, I got it. But then all I've had, it, you know, it's like. Oh You'll my have the, the experience oh. and it'll be from this deep, authentic place. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a deep relationship uh, with 
God the Father yeah. versus not? I would say a good place to start is it's gonna, you're going to have a hard time having a very good, a very powerful connection with God if you hate yourself. Mm. And so um, as much as I think it's good to get inner healing and start to work on, you know, getting healed of any past wounds, traumas, things like that, just stop being so hard on yourself. Like stop being so hard on yourself. You're like, and, and one thing that really helped me, and I know, I know that not everyone's a big fan of these things, but I started doing some of these different assessments. Like I did the Enneagram and I did the Colby test. And, and I was like, I, just, I started to see that like, wait a minute. And it, it wasn't to put labels on myself. It was to learn more about kind of how I'm wired, how, right. and this is how God designed me. Yeah. So I'd be, instead of, instead of being so critical about why I suck at follow through, I was like, wait a minute, I'm a quick start. That's my strength. That's how God made me. So I stopped judging myself for all the things I sucked at, which by the way, I suck at way more things than I'm actually good at. I'm actually good. I'm actually amazingly gifted at only a small number of things. I pretty much suck at everything else. I spent my whole life judging myself for why I wasn't better than And finally, I was like, wait a minute. Like, this is how I began to own my strengths. I began to own my unique abilities and to go all in on those and to appreciate myself, how God made me there. And I began to stop judging myself for all the things I wasn't. And man, all of a sudden I got freer, I got lighter, and I was able to love myself more, allow God's love. If you don't love yourself, how are you going to allow yourself to feel God's love if you are filtering his love through your self-hatred? So as I began to love and appreciate how, who I am with all my shortcomings, it allowed me to really receive more love from the Father. And so I would say, and you know, I think that's that's something that if we're not careful growing up in growing up in religion, if you will, um, we can end up on the wrong side of that performance train and constantly uh, being critical of ourselves, judging ourselves. So I would say, I'm, and again, I'm not saying I'm not saying don't be disciplined. I'm not saying give yourself permission to sin willfully and go. I'm just saying, like man, like don't be so hard on yourself. And, uh, and figure out a way to just see the good in you, see the, see the God in you, celebrate and embrace that. And you'll be able to, you'll be able to really receive more love from the father that way. All right. Broken Catholic nation. See how God sees you. See yourself that way. Cause he's in love with you deeply and madly in love with you. PedroAdeo.com. Go check him out. Pedro, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, my friend. Later, bro. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K, where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.